That's for, uh, I forget the name that left us a review saying that we were uh, too spicy white for their taste. Yeah, we were too spicy. Well, there you go. Too many F-bombs. Too many fucking F-bombs. Welcome to uh, the Interracial John Podcast. I'm your host, Lazy Mac, and I'm joined, as always, by one very white guy. And you are very white indeed. And this is our 150th episode. I can't believe it. That's amazing. It is. Look at us chugging away. Um... And all 12 of you still listening. Yes, this is amazing. Thank thanks, thanks, all of y'all. For that. For that. Uh, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Just search Interracial John. That's J-A-W-N. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, all those places. Again, at Interracial John. And uh, you can leave us feedback a number of different ways. You can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can email us, interracialjohn at gmail.com. Or you can pick up the phone and dial 657-JOHNERS, 657-J-A-W-N-E-R-S. And um, leave us your feedback and thoughts and comments about any of the things that we discuss or just about the show in general. Um, Am I mistaken or is it? Uh, oh, yeah. We, we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 One, two, three, four, ain't got shit. Five Five stars. stars. (laughs) I got to get him uh, back over here. Next time he's here and record some new stuff. Well, you know, my other brother, we were in Atlanta. We'll get to our catch up in a minute but uh he's got he got a four track he bought a drum set That's he really sick. he literally had a keyboard set up he's like we got to get like the band together oh, I was like, it's like whoa hold on a little, Take it easy there, little older brother uh so yeah we have a couple of five star reviews i'll let you go ahead and read those neil oh wait a minute where's my i don't know i was reading them Are they on you the, always read them i know but did you put them in the thing yes i put them right there okay <clears throat> by rogue gd love this podcast Commuting is so much better when there's a new episode at Leslie McInerney where guy are entertaining, informative, and funny. I've learned so much from their discussions and enjoyed doing it. Highly recommend it for anyone interested in news, pop culture, and how to be a supportive ally. Well, thank you, Rogue. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. I, I love listening to podcasts on commutes and runs and things as well. Uh, next one uh, from Dana in LA. Just because they play what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> Just realized that I had never written any review for Leslie Andrew. Really, really remiss of me. That's okay, Dana. Don't worry about it. Uh, I am forever thankful to these guys for commentary that keeps me sane and lowers my blood pressure in this world that always is trying to put me in an early grave. Mm. And well, that's the end of this cheery review. Thanks, Dana. That's (laughs) thanks, Dana. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Yes, we sure do. So yeah, so back to that catch up. You you got to spend some time with the brothers, the Brohams. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of Mac. A whole lot. You know, I was just like. I said this, I asked both my brothers, right? Because I have this conversation with you. Like, I don't, 
it's weird. I don't think of myself as large, but like I see that other people code me as massive. <laughs> y'all, y'all huge. <laughs> right? Like to quote Sharonda, well, you basically married a tree, is what she said to me the other well, day. And so. I, I remember we had an argument once and like we looked up height by birth year. Yeah. And I'm six foot three. Yeah. Which again, I don't think it's that tall. Like three six, plus. Six foot three and a quarter. Mm. And a you know, like, but, but I feel like that's just because you don't stand up straight. Also, this is true because I, I'm constantly like shrinking violet because I don't want to be massive in this in this world. But anyway, <laughs> I looked it up by my birth year yeah. and I'm in like the ninety nine point like five percent. Sure is. Not even like ninety eighth, not like ninety nine a little bit, but like ninety nine and a half. You know, like I'm it, 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 people born in my birth year. I'm taller than like virtually everybody. And I don't I don't realize that. I don't think of myself as that way. But so I asked my brothers. I was like, you know, like what are your experiences? And so my older brother, oddly, he, he does think of himself as kind of large. He doesn't think of himself as not large, but he always never thinks of himself as large as other people think of him. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't think I'm small, but then people are like, what are you like six, eight, six, nine? Like you're huge. And so it was kind of funny. The three of us just, cause like you said, we're massive. You guys are. There was a couple of the pictures we, we took in front of like uh, a sliding door. You couldn't even see the whole double pane sliding door. Well, that happened. You know, our, our last house uh, in, in Jersey, we had like double doors in the <laughs> front door. And I remember I took a picture of the three of you in the doorway and it was like, it looked like a single door. Like it was ridiculous. We big boys. Yeah. Anyways, how was, how was the weekend? How was the uh, concerts? Was... How was everything? I thought you wanted to talk a little bit about I do, this. I do. My brothers are great. It was really the purpose was to hang out with them. We have a, a group chat between us that we call Brothers Got a Hug mm-hmm. from uh, Tommy Boy. <laughs> brothers Got a Hug. When he meets uh, Rob Lowe's fake brother character. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, it was awesome hanging out with my brothers. Really good time. Haven't on all three of us together in, I think, almost four years. Yeah, it's been a while. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great that we could really just the three of us hang. Like, there wasn't like chores and taking kids to school right like the only purpose yeah. was for y'all to spend even, time even together, mom was pretty so. cool about it mom yeah. was like i just want to go out to lunch with you guys one day like mm. you know she did have a table i didn't tell you that i had to build a table for her <laughs> she bought she bought some furniture that we had to move and take apart and put together but it was it was really awesome so we went to a fish show and mm. it was a, a weekend three-day fish show and i you know we you and i've talked before about like i don't want to say like What's the right language? But so people use this like, oh, once you see things, you can't unsee it. Or once you kind of know, you don't know. Yeah, there's the like matrix. the whole matrix yeah. analogy. Yeah, you know. I've jokingly said that that an understanding of oppression and, and, and systems and things and seeing more of it clearly, it, it's kind of ruined the enjoyment for, for a lot of stuff. Mm. A lot of white stuff mm. is no longer, you know, it's lost some of its appeal. And like stupid little things like articles. I remember the, this one vividly, it was a People Magazine article about a serial killer that had um, preyed on uh, black women. I think they were either, uh, you know, homeless or, uh, you know, sex workers or drivers. Mm. So, some marginalized uh, in addition to being a black woman, right? They were uh, vulnerable, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. So the serial killer in like the 80s preyed on, on these black women and killed dozens and dozens and was, I don't want to say caught, but like the cold case was somewhat revived and there was something that a white woman did to kind of get this thing kind of going. And here People Magazine writes a whole like, you know, like cover fucking spread about this white woman hmm. and about you know, her and what she's done and, <coughs> excuse me, and it, it barely even addressed the victims. It just, it was, I remember reading it and like, God, I, I would have read this four years ago and not think anything of it. And now I can't even read it. It's like, 
borderline triggering. Right. 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 And, and I'll, I have Sports Illustrated because it has been doing the same thing. We literally have just said they've gone from being a product of no interest to one that actively triggers us in our, in our homes. And for those that don't know, we've talked before. I don't like Sports Illustrated. I didn't want Sports Illustrated. I had like a recycling program in New Jersey where they gave you points for recycling. Right. And it was like, if you don't use your points, they're going to go away. Right. So I was like, fuck it. We ordered like click off about food uh, network magazines, like all these magazines. All these magazines, like Esquire, like Mental, shit I don't want. But it's like, fuck it. They're like points for recycling. I'll use it. Right. And on the the publishing side, because I used to work for these folks, I know how it works. They don't, the the subscription cost is zero to them. They don't care what you pay to be a subscriber. They need the advertising numbers. They Mm -hmm. need to say we have X number of readers and subscribers of this demographic and these are their addresses and we can get your ads to them. So they don't really give a shit about the dollar or whatever. Because it used to even be 52 issues for like, $39 $39 and you got a free fucking like bag with it and shit right, back right. in the old days. So anyway, we got Sports Illustrated for free with magazine points for, I want to say like two years, three years, four years, a long fucking time. Mm. They went to renew it and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to renew that shit. Fuck that shit. Like I literally, I canceled it and it kept coming. Never stopped. Mm. <laughs> I have not paid for Sports Illustrated in years. Years, years, years. years. Yep. And it still keeps coming because they want me as a subscriber. Right. It used to be uh weekly real kind of thin paper decent to read in in the bathroom that's where we kept it like hey i'm on the toilet i'm gonna read a a quick little sports blurb they went to a new format where it's bi-weekly every two weeks and they go a little bit more in depth but they're not as recent so it's a lot less enjoyable but they've done so much fuck shit remember that you talked about a what if episode where they wrote a white guy wrote what if cassius clay had never met elijah muhammad and converted and never changed his name to muhammad ali and the what if scenario was he would have won more titles and been more beloved by the populace yeah like what like what that's what if they do shit like that all that time but so this one i won't read the whole article but it was about uh lebron james and he had the school that he's starting in uh akron Akron, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be uh free for low-income folks and it's going to offer scholarships to akron university and he's doing like some great things as he's unfortunately leaving uh, northern ohio and Mm -hmm. uh someone asked him i think don lemon because he was promoting this asked him about trump and he simply said uh where is it here uh What would he say? Uh, Donald Trump is someone who uses sport to kind of divide us. And that's something that I can't relate to. That's it. That's the sum total of his statement that he uses sport to divide us. And I can't relate to that. Mm -hmm. So Trump went on a a tweet tirade calling LeBron dumb and all kinds of like literally like insulting his intelligence. So people came back to kind of defending him. And this article references this incident and then ends it with the next day. First Lady Melania Trump chimed in returning the focus where it belongs it looks like LeBron James is working to do good things on behalf of our next generation. Good night. I, and it's like, you know, and again, like a couple of years ago, I read that like, ah, you know what? That, that doesn't, doesn't strike me as off-putting. But it's like, wait a minute, where it belongs? And that means that he should be doing good works and you're only going to, and now you're sidestepping the president calling him done. I just, the whole thing's fucking ridiculous. To, to a larger, that was the micro, the larger macro man alive these fish events are fucking impossible to enjoy now i think Mm. i'm just not only am i done it was like i think in my youth like in my 20s because i used to follow the dead and stuff i I remember feeling having a sort of you know that free white 21 kind of statement yeah but just sort of like oh i'm i'm you know i'm 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 smoking weed i'm drinking in the parking lot and we're gonna you know go to this concert we're gonna have fun and do all these things 
And so this, it's still kind of like that for most white kids and folks. It was in Alpharetta, mm-hmm. a 12,000 seat venue in Alpharetta is like, I can't describe Alpharetta if people don't know it, but like, it is the most, it's like, if you live in Chicago, it's like Winnetka. Mm-hmm. If you live in fucking, you know, like Los Angeles, it would be like Brentwood. You know, it's like a really nice fucking like, it's a suburb. There's not shit around. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of this thing is a 12,000 seat concert venue. Like I'm talking like you drive by a corporate business park and then you're like at this concert venue. It's, it's sort of oddly placed. Mm-hmm. But so here's 12,000 white kids. And for those that don't know fish and the dead, I reference drugs and I reference weed, but the drug culture at these shows have gotten really kind of hardcore. And in particular, like, like, uh, MDMA, Molly, acid, like ketamine, like pretty, you know, like serious drugs. Mm. And that shit's all over the place. Like there was a young woman who had a, uh, who took enough of something that she had kind of like a seizure and had to be carried out by paramedics right on the lawn next to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but the whole parking lot has this like carnival caravan. Like, I, I guess the cops don't care, but it's a parking lot. Like, I, no parking lot of 12,000 black people could get along, get away with this. No parking lot of 12,000. Parking lot. Listen. No, no group of 10 anybody could get away with this. But a white group of people, again, they set up like, it's hard to describe the, the Grateful Dead traveling caravan kind of like vagabond thing, mm. but it's called Shakedown Street in the parking lot. That's a Grateful Dead song, Shakedown Street. And it's basically a, a row of the, the parking lot that's turned into like a, a bazaar, like a market. Mm-hmm. And, and people are selling things from like veggie burritos to beer to water and fucking drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And it's just like wide open. Nugs, 420, you know, who's got my Molly? And it's like, but I'm, I'm at a, parking lot in Alpharetta like they just I guess everybody turns a blind eye and doesn't really mind because it's white kids and it's maybe money for Alpharetta because fish pays the cops are probably being paid overtime so they're not like actively policing I guess but the whole thing was just it was impossible for me to enjoy knowing the just the disparate outcomes that happen when three black people hang out well i'd be interested to know if they do any shows at that venue that are targeted at a black audience and the difference the in policing the police there. presence yeah, yeah police policing so i mean i don't know i'm not i'm not from there so well and that's no idea, the you but. know you get to the sort of like and that i have someone on the white privilege podcast asked about like how do you have these more difficult sort of nuanced conversations and you know this is sort of where we get into it. it's like it's not always the overt stuff you know, it's not police brutality. Mm. It's this sort of disparate application and the ability to have at various intervals from beginning confrontation to say whatever happens at the end resolution, there's ability for various players to have discretion. Mm-hmm. And that discretion is always applied disproportionately for white people versus black people. And this was on, on a scale heretofore I hadn't quite, I don't want to say realized, but it just, it was the fact that it was in the middle of Alpharetta that just, had me all out you mm-hmm. know like this is literally like my mom goes like shopping at fucking anthropology around the corner from here right and and i'm not saying that this is like oh my god this is so horrible they should be calling the cops but it was just the ability for white people to go into this environment to drive our cars there to all be in a parking lot everyone have open containers to people be imbibing in a significant way and then getting in cars and driving away and it was just like okay mm. and maybe there, maybe there are other selective repercussions 
Um, I don't know, but I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd be very curious if there's a genre that has gone to the Verizon Amphitheater in Alpharetta for a event that is not a overtly white audience. I'd be curious to see what the discretion looks like. Mm. And there's so many levels and places for it. Your car coming into the parking lot, you're in the parking lot. There are cops walking around. You go into the venue. There's metal detectors and bag searches. How strenuous are they? How seriously do they look at your bag? If they find something in the bag, do they let it go? You know, there's just every little opportunity. So it was definitely, you and I hadn't had, I wanted to wait for the podcast, but it was, uh, you, you and I haven't gone to fish shows in a while Mm -hmm. and that probably would be the last one. Um, and even just other, you know, like Grateful Dead, these sort of weird sort of jam band carnival atmosphere Mm. where white drug use is, at an apex mm. and and just totally okay, mm-hmm. totally fine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is that is tr- very true. I mean, I think I remember the first show I went to with you saying that, just being like, "This is, but this is the most." Yeah, like, what is this? What the fuck is this? Like this, I've never, I don't know what this is, and I don't understand it, and it's so bizarre to me, and the level of. The, the level of assumed privilege and innocence, innocence yeah. is, is where it just was so shocking to me. Um, you know, I, I just watched, uh, at the, I think the state fair in Indiana, like four black teens were arrested because they were congregating together, yeah. right? Um, and they had a video of it and I was just like, wow, like just thinking about that. I had made it, I think I had said like illustration of white supremacy of the day was like, you know, after what happened in Charlottesville, somebody died, a white woman died, people injured everything that these, this same group is being allowed and permitted to, to gather again a year later. Meanwhile, four black, black teenagers together is considered gang activity and has to be broken up. Like th- there's such a like, it, it is so in your face that that to me it's like if you've decided not to see it then that's a decision that you've made at this point point. and I, I agree and I feel like there's that whole like oh my eyes are open now I can see and I started by saying that sort of same kind of analogy but there's definitely a you know you're deliberately choosing not to see versus it's so, and, and for me I feel like I'm almost embarrassed that I was asleep at the wheel like when you see it for what it is you're like wow how, I can't believe that I was either deliberately or selectively seeing these things when they're so in front of my face. Mm -hmm. It's like this plane is the nose on your face. How do you Mm -hmm. not see the nose on your face? And so this, this had a little bit of that for me, like, wow, this used to be something like, you know, I don't say I cherish in my youth, but from like, you know, like in college and like the nineties, I saw like 50 fish shows. You know, like I saw Jerry Garcia's last Grateful Dead show. Right. I I have seen some of these jam band traveling type carnival shows and it was definitely, you know, I I had long hair. I probably identified a little bit with the hippie culture. And now it's just like, oh my God, it's embarrassingly, like you said, privileged and assumed innocent. Mm. When in reality, it's exactly not, Mm -hmm. you know, I, someone, I think, Chuck uh, I was tweeting about um, something related to drug use and rates and incarceration. And I said, you know, the, the national average is three times. White and black people use drugs at the exact same rates. We know this. That's an absolute given that demographically white and black people use drugs at exactly the same rates. Yet black people arrested three times as much mm-hmm. nationwide. In some states, 11 times as much. Right. And this was just like that on a industrial scale like, with the with the police involved. Right. It just was too much. Mm-hmm. 
but I enjoyed being with my brothers and uh, I enjoyed the music to a degree um, but the atmosphere and the, the whole thing was just like god damn mm. well while you were doing that I was in Chicago at WakandaCon which was amazing and definitely I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes for people to see like pictures from it and it was just a really beautiful event the organizer did such an amazing job of creating such a great atmosphere and one of the things uh, Sharonda myself and Paige did a, a quick uh, Facebook live video about just our first impressions and then Sharonda wrote a longer essay about her experience um, on BYP um, but the the biggest takeaway was it was really interesting to me, especially after the whole um, Universal Fan Con, con thing had mm. blown up, was that, you know, I definitely noticed that this 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 con was definitely not geared towards like blurred insiders. Um, none of the like usual suspects of folks were there. They made like very deliberate decisions. Like if you have a blog and 100 followers, you get a press pass to come. Um, they made a lot of decisions that were really about, you know, making their conference. Like you didn't have to know a specific thing. You didn't have to be a specific thing. You just needed to want to engage with content that it was queer friendly. It was trans friendly. It was family friendly. They had sessions for kids specifically. Um, they had a gaming room that they had game tournaments happening during, which I don't know anything about gaming, but it was super cool to walk in and see all of these black people of all different ages playing together um, on various uh, different systems and things like that. And the content was, you know, I wouldn't say that, you know, everybody agreed with everything that was being said on every panel, but that wasn't the point. You know, I think people were really excited to be in a 99.99% black space. And um, it was really great. It just was really, really a fun um, thing. And they're definitely going to be doing it next year. So I would encourage folks to go. I'm definitely going to try and make it myself. Um, so yeah, so that was that was really nice. fun. Shout out to um, the Barthwells and the rest of the team for, for WakandaCon that put that whole event together. And we had our um, panel on uh, on Friday evening and uh, we had a great time. Uh, it looked, <clears throat> the pictures looked amazing. It yeah. looked like people had a, a really good time. I just personally loved hearing you and Sharonda talk about your experience being there mm -hmm. and how much uh, you enjoyed it. And to see the joy that, that you guys had uh, really was special. Mm -hmm. And even uh, you could see it, uh, read it in Sharonda's article on BYP. Yeah. She, she wrote a very great piece about it, about how personal it was. And, yeah. I think she um, referenced WakandaCon as her lemonade. Yeah. And yeah. it was really, that just made me smile yeah, it was for you great. too. I really was glad to hear it. Yeah. It was wonderful. And it really, like you said, in the heels of, <clears throat> excuse me, the Universal FanCon debacle mm. that I kind of felt like this almost went the opposite way. Like they didn't promote it really heavily with those people, like you said, um, but still had a, a really big audience over yeah, a thousand I mean, I, people. I think and it was 2000 people, over that 2, attended. people. 2, wow. people attended um, over the course of the three days. And I think it was definitely, like I said, it, it just was meant for if you're interested, if you loved Black Panther, because I think that's the other thing is that Black Panther as a movie definitely appealed to black folks that don't know anything about Marvel. Don't give a shit about mm. superheroes. Don't care about blurred spaces. Don't, don't have any connection to that but they had a connection to this movie and this content and so that was really the spirit that was there and it was great i mean i, I spent a shit ton of money in the um, marketplace they had all these amazing vendors in one place selling all of this amazing stuff and that was really fun um i got to meet erica alexander from living single she was there promoting a couple of different things including um uh representation of people of color in entertainment um, and media uh, project that she's been working on for a number of years and also her graphic novel. Um, 
I one of my girlfriends from high school popped up in, in my session and I got to see her and um, a lot of black UUs were in the house. It was just really, really, really fun. And I had a great time. Now, that said, it also happened to be the same weekend as Lollapalooza. Oh, in which, Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, which happened Another to be taking place directly across the street from the hotel that WakandaCon was at. Really? So, and I was staying at that hotel for the two nights that I was in Chicago. And I, you know, it was disturbing. I would be like on my floor getting on an elevator with like all these like, you know, scantily clad white kids going to Lollapalooza. And then I would go down to the floor that the, um, WakandaCon was on the doors would open it would just be like blackness it was so it was like so it was like a, a culture from, from you scantily know. clad white women yes, to fur so lined like, M'Baku yes, boots to M'Baku, <laughs> you know and like you know Shuri cosplays and things like that so it was it was a little bit of a, a start startling uh, contrast but um, I'm just really glad for the community and for the independent uh, con community that yeah. it was a, a big success yeah i think i think it went really really well um awesome. i wanted to talk about two other things before we jump into the regular segments one is um that our 20th anniversary wedding anniversary is coming up in a couple of years <laughs> you have planned it early and um so we have started putting together a 20 for 20 list which is 20 yep. things that we want to do uh before we hit that as a couple that before we hit that uh 20th anniversary um marker in 2021 and, and no, no guys it's not that kind of list no it's not that kind of list <laughs> y'all um, but I did want to just, you know, put it out there. If y'all have any suggestions for us that you think would be. You want to give them a couple of like two or three things on the list? Yeah. Let me talk about the, a few. I, I'm not going to say all of them because no, some no. of them are private, but I'll read a few. So we want to ride on a hot air balloon. I've We've never done that. Do that. Always. Uh, we want to go to a premier horse race. They okay. have one here in Charlotte. They the do. Queen City Cup. Uh, we want to sensory deprivation float. Yeah. That's mine. We want to go glamping. We want to sleep on a yacht. We want to climb another mountain. We've already climbed one. We want to climb a second one. And, and so John is some, on, some, on the mountain. Some, I want to have folks help me convince the the wife to climb the tallest peak in the lower 48. I think it's Mount McKinley. Is that what it is? I'm not climbing no damn highest nothing. Yeah. Nope. It's a, it's a serious day hike, but we can do it. Uh, no, thank you. All right. Anyway. We can climb a mountain, not that mountain. If people got other uh, suggestions yeah, for a so 20 hit before us we up. Get our Yeah, 20 before 20, just do hashtag the John or tag either of us on Twitter, or Facebook, or wherever, and just let us know what you think. Or you can even write in again, interracialjohn at gmail.com and uh, let us know if you have any suggestions for our list. And the last thing I wanted to mention is that both of us have been really taking a very uh, proactive approach to our health, wellness, fitness over the last two years, I would say. Um, and so, like, we've been, we have a skincare routine that we've been uh, perfecting and refining and making sure we're taking care of ourselves and things like that. And so, um, especially coming off of your health care, one of the things that we're focused on for this next, I would say, six to 12 months is to get our our weight and our stamina, flexibility, all of that um, back on track. And so we have taken up boxing, which is really exciting. But I'm also interested to hear, I think it's really, because we're both over 40, and I think I, I just been wanting to talk about this more, about like this need to, um, once you hit 40, to really start taking your health care and wellness much more seriously because your body stops bouncing back from things and you can head off a lot of issues later on if you get a hold of things now. And so um, 
if anybody else is embarking on similar things, hit us up and let us know. We'd love to hear what you're doing. We'll yeah. be keeping y'all abreast of our um, general um, uh, shenanigans under that. But uh, I've been liking boxing so far. How, how's it been going for you? I do enjoy it. I enjoy it quite a bit. The last one was enough of work. I threw up, so I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't say it wasn't physical. Yeah. Um, you know, and to the things that. I do differently now that I didn't at 39, um, sleep and stretching and what I, what I put into my body, um, like caffeine, Mm -hmm. like I I don't know when or why, but caffeine turned on me at some point and I just have to be really careful when and how much I drink it. Um, you know, where my mood and my mental state is, whether I drink caffeine or not, even on that day, um, sleep, I used to be able to sleep at the drop of a hat and now I've got insomnia and if I don't do behavioral things mm. you know like I have to have a sort of structure and I want to have you know some consistency in my sleep schedule um, and again things that I eat and do whether I exercise or not um, just all of a sudden started having a I had like you said I don't bounce back things don't work like they used to um, so stretching and sleep became like I have a, a journal a, a bullet journal where they're I track those things because they're so important to me. But I like the, uh, so we, we joined it. Rockbox, I think is a franchise mm-hmm. and they opened up one here uh, near us. So we joined it, but I, I'm digging it. I, I like the, the owner and the, the GM and the, the trainer so far. And, uh, you know, I think <clears throat> I'll just preface this. I don't know if there's any way for you and I to talk. It's our podcast. We talk about whatever we want, but True. if there's any way to talk about, um, health in particular, exercise weight loss without it in some way being maybe like fat antagonizing to no, some I folks. No, I mean, so it, it, it might be, but I also like my focus isn't on like losing weight per se. I really, when I talk about health and wellness, I really talk about more like making sure you have information about what, where you are, especially when it comes to like blood work, blood tests. And I just am a firm believer that, you know, flexibility and stamina just help you in your life. This isn't a weight thing at all. It's really sure. about, you know, just being aware of those things. And I think like stretching, yoga, all of these things that I think have been kind of um, co-opted by like skinny culture. And I, I want to really destroy that stigma because I think that uh, those of us that are not, uh, you know, perfectly built that might be curvier, might have a little extra uh, weight on us. That's not a problem for 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 you as far as your health goes. If your blood tests come out come right, come out right, well right, right. and you you have good stamina, your heart is doing well. That's not an issue. Um, and I don't want us to feel like we have to be shut out of you know skills that we could pick up or. Um, techniques that I think have been like I said just co-opted and positioned as like oh you can only do that if you're skinny I I was making Um, my comment more about the the fact that um, in this class in the gym we've joined uh, most of the people are similarly aged and shaped and you know although it's a boxing and kicking and all this sort of stuff it's not like a normal gym class where there's a bunch of you know, I've, I'm worried about how I look or, or right. you know, what I'm wearing or this or that. Yes, yeah, definitely there, not like there's that. There's lots of other black women in the class. Yep. I feel very comfortable um, in this class. And I don't know if I've felt very comfortable. Even when we go to spinning classes that I'd like, there's always somebody on the bike that's like, Jesus, H Christ. Like, yeah. this person's hammered. And that I shouldn't feel bad about that. Like, I don't know why I feel some kind of way, but is that you? Um, but no, I, I, I'm with you in that it's not about, um, certainly for me, it's not about weight and how much I weigh because I've you know been all over the place with my weight been very large and other times too thin um but definitely like you say wanted to be and feel healthier 
Um, and just for some of the listening, some of these measures out there are such crap. We, the gym we're going to had one of these things you hold on with your hands and it tells you like your BMI and your body fat and all this stuff. Right. And BMI, and I know other people have talked about this, but man, is that a garbage fucking measure? Mm. It just like, for me, my height, it's telling me at the weight I'm at right now that I'm obese. Wow. I, I, I just, I don't think anyone would look at me or a picture of me and say obese. Like, I barely think I'm overweight. Yeah. Much less obese, according to BMI. Yeah, I think and, it's and definitely very, like... To, yeah. to, to be not overweight, so there's healthy, overweight, and obese, according to BMI. To not be, quote-unquote, overweight, I could be down to, like, 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. I look really unhealthy at that weight. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking at BMI, stop. Yeah. And like even I if said, you're looking at the scale. Should, yeah, I mean, not even the scale being Just how useful. do you feel? How do you feel? How's your energy? How do your clothes fit you? Are you yeah. comfortable? Like, those are the things that I think are are what I, I consider much more important. And I do agree that a lot of discussion around health ends up being fat antagonistic and it's shit-tastic. Um, but I did just want to talk about, like, aging and health because I think that, especially for black women, it's just, like we get to a crisis point we already know that healthcare professionals take shitty care of us as it is and so um yeah i just think that's an important conversation to be having with each other and with your family and with your older siblings and aunties and moms and things like that because if we don't nobody else will um all right let's get into it the news is coming on the news is Well, Amazon promises unwavering commitment to police military clients using AI technology. Hmm. What does that even mean? While some Silicon Valley giants grapple with the ethics of offering cutting edge artificial intelligence technology to military and law enforcement agencies with histories of abuse, Amazon apparently has no reservations. Mm -hmm. When asked about the culture gap between employees who have protested the sale of facial recognition to law enforcement and the company's executive level interest, Teresa Carlson, vice president of the worldwide public sector of amazon web services was frank quote we are committed to our customer and we are unwaveringly committed to the u.s government and the governments we work with around the world end quote she declared this on june 20th at the aspen security forum in colorado that's at a big event the aspen security forum mm-hmm. wow yep and you know the <clears throat> i'll just say this we didn't realize as a group of people that forever me and 23 and whatever these DNA things are that'll tell you your ancestry and history, mm-hmm. they're now being used to, to criminally prosecute folks. You can catch people uh, in ways that you couldn't before. Yeah. Right? You, you know, you have a DNA sample. That person's DNA is not in the database. You go to genealogy.com and you find one of their relatives based on probability right. and you narrow down the field. Mm-hmm. And that I'm not, uh, maybe a, I'm not opposed to that because they've, they've caught like the, the beltway or the green something. They've caught a couple serial killers um, that they had DNA evidence, but they didn't have a, a a way to convict or arrest this individual. So, but there's just ways that stuff's being used down the road, our data, Facebook, that we just don't know about and what it's going to be used and how it's going to be used. And the, the artificial intelligence, I'll just say in the, the industry I work within in the, the translation space, what AI has done is nothing short of astounding. Like, like literally like neural in, uh, intelligent networks are just unbelievable. And the power of Amazon's web services, the A3 cloud mm-hmm. with all kinds of data that they've got and could get and other people's data that sits on their servers, just, oh man, you know, 
you've completely gone off of what I was talking about, but that's okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm scared as shit that they're that this is there and they're giving it to the military unfettered. Yeah, you know, it's the cops inter- unfettered. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know, the the she was pressed even further. Cecilia Kang asked if Amazon has drawn any red lines, any standards, guidelines on what you will and will not do in terms of defense work. And she said, we do not draw any lines there. That's where she had the unwavering support line. And she went on to admit that Amazon often doesn't, quote, know everything they're actually utilizing the tool for. Exactly what I just, oh my God. So it's like she's on one hand, literally, like, we don't know what they're doing, but we also don't have any standards by which we'll decide to work with them. That's exactly how Cambridge Analytic exploited the fucking data at Facebook. I'm aware. Because the tech sector is trash. Fuck. Anyways. Uh, it's all they care about is money. And they don't give a shit about anything else. But this gives me another thing. Because I was talking the other day about, you know, how I'm such a big proponent of direct giving. Like, I just think it's yeah. such, a, such a, you know, useful tool uh, today to support people doing great work. But, you know, a lot of times we end up using Amazon for that because it's, oh. it's an easy, you know, direct way to wish give. List. Wish list and yeah. things like that. And so you start to kind of like have to weigh like we're supporting this evil thing. But also it's, it's, it's helping us help people that are in dire need right now and so it's 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 a lot to kind of juggle and that that's the you know that's the trick of white supremacy patriarchy um and capitalism is that it puts those of us that live underneath those um oppressive systems in the position to pretty much uh actively support our own oppression you know and we uh, unruly rev and i did a episode of the white privilege podcast that i just put up and we're reading mothers of massive resistance a a book about white women upholding white supremacy and I referenced like oh I'll go buy that on Amazon and Rev was like no man don't buy it on Amazon you know like you're contributing to the right the same sort of thing right Amazon's not good and so I went uh, next month we're reading uh, Dr. Fleming's book uh, How to Be Less Stupid About Race mm-hmm. so I DM'd him I said hey how can we promote it where can we put it and it was the same kind of thing like they have an Amazon affiliate link yeah. and I was like what am I not gonna use the way that the author wants me to promote of course right. I'm gonna right mm-hmm. uh, but yeah and what they're doing in Seattle and now this H2 oof uh, yeah I don't know man and I, I we use Amazon I'm, I don't wanna say I'm like suckling at the Amazon teat but I use them for a lot. I mean, it's definitely the easiest way to get shit to you. I don't like going to stores. So. It's definitely the easiest way to get shit. It's often the cheapest way, too. Mm-hmm. That, I'm sure that's what they're counting on. So uh, KFC, I, I don't quite get their approach to the the Sanders character. It and doesn't what make doing. any sense to me. Because they, they, they've changed it up a bit. And they've had some really weird ones like Reba McIntyre and yeah. stuff. But then they went for a little while with like a really rotating cast. Mm-hmm. And I guess now they're they're back to a more permanent national star um no i don't think so i think this is just the latest i, I don't think oh, that don't they're think i don't think they're stopping they just now jason alexander is going to be doing it i think that they probably have just found it cheaper to rather than signing somebody on as a permanent um uh spokesperson that they can do this revolving door also shields you from any yep. issues the Jared, that that individual might have you can be like oh they only were with us for a month or easy to drop no, them the, or the, they're not associated ask, so directly with ask your, subway how they feel about putting all their effort behind an individual pitch yeah. person so but it's it's interesting and they do it without any of the accent at all <laughs> jason some Alexander. of them have the accent i don't know i haven't jason listened to jason no but, he comes dead ass talking oh like he himself. doesn't oh, yeah mm, okay. I, I feel a little bit like after Seinfeld ended, this is all Jason Alexander's done is like pitch person for various. Cause didn't he do like, he did a few things, mm-hmm. but not actual TV and movies to, to speak of. There was something where he was a, a bell person or a hotel person where there was a, like, like a, a monkey in the hotel. I don't know. 
But mm. I, I feel a little bit, I wouldn't say bad for him, but. Yeah. Hey, he could be, uh, what's the dude that played Kramer? Uh, Michael Cr- Michael Richards? Yeah. Yeah, he the, could be. You could be lower on the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Texas grandmother shoots masturbating bicycle riding burglar. <laughs> masturbating bicycle riding burglar. Yes, one of the favorites for best BMX bike trick in the 2019 X Games suffered a severe setback to his chances at a gold medal when a 68-year-old black woman shot him as he masturbated on a bicycle after trying to break into her house. The woman, identified only as Granny Jean, said that she was taking out the trash when she spotted the man pleasuring himself on a bicycle outside her Houston home on Tuesday. Quote, some guy pulled off his pants and pulled his pants open playing with his thing and he ran up and I told him to get away from my door or I'll shoot him. Mm. While the report makes no mention of Granny Jean's apparent animal rights activism, she yelled at the willy wielding weirdo to stop choking his chicken. Then follow the man, follow her to her door, uh, which according to a sign out front explicitly states, save the drama for your mama. Listen, if somebody has a save the drama for your mama sign on their door, their porch, It's best not to fuck with them. I just would like to say that. Uh, But the master debater (laughs) had no plans of saving his drama or his dignity and continued his hanky, his handlebar hanky panky. When granny got inside the home, the man tried to enter as he feverishly yanked his doodle dandy. Uh, Quote, he kept coming and reaching for my door as it was locked. So I shot through the door. Uh, explaining why she pulled out her thing thing, which is different than her the thing that she mentioned earlier. Uh, the unnamed 38-year-old man who was shot while attempting to shoot his shot suffered a single gunshot wound to the chest, proving that publicly trying to strangle the one-eyed snake can sometimes lead to dire consequences. Y'all better leave I'm, these I'm really, old women alone. Here's another one of those, like, you see things and you just can't not see them differently. Mm. We've, we've said they're only referencing her as Granny Jean. Yeah. The article says one of the favorite for the best BMX bike trick at the 2009 X Games. Is that a joke? It's a joke. It's, a yeah. joke. Okay. it's on the route, so it's it's funny. It's oh, a right. funny joke. Michael but Harris no one's naming this guy, huh? No, I guess he doesn't have a name yet. Uh, I guess the Harris County prosecutors will um, determine if file, if they will file charges on Granny for shooting him. Uh, luckily, the man did not expose himself to the woman's 14-year-old granddaughter who was inside the home at the time. The spot, Why were they charging for shooting him? in critical him? but stable position because staying ground only counts for white men. Hello? Um, it's expected to resume performing Willy Wheelies as soon uh, under the pseudonym Jack Off. Okay. Willy Thanks for that, Michael. Anyways, I just thought that shout out to Granny Jean holding it down out in Houston. Yeah, and save the drama for your mama. That's that's not a house to fuck don't with. Don't do that. Don't fuck with that house. Don't fuck with that mat that says knock if you buck either. Just saying, <laughs> don't do that. Just keep keep going. Just move. Jehovah's Witnesses keep, keep passing. Keep, keep, keep passing walking. that. So uh I had a friend that claimed mosquitoes bite people that eat bananas oh yeah and that was their but they're kind of an idiot um but True. here's one that says why do some people always get bitten by mosquitoes while others do not mm-hmm. so there's apparently some evidence have you ever felt like you're being specifically targeted by mosquitoes when you end up with itchy welts all over your body while your friends seem like they're not even aware of the pesky biter's existence mm-hmm. well it's not your imagination research has now proven that mosquitoes do have a preference when it comes to picking out the people they want to suck blood from. Mm-hmm. In a feature by WebMD, Jerry Butler, PhD professor emeritus at the University of Florida, one in 10 people are highly attractive to mosquitoes. Highly attractive. Here's the thing. Mosquitoes don't suck blood for food. In Ooh. fact, only female mosquitoes bite people because they need proteins from human blood to develop fertile eggs and create more mosquito babies. 85% of our likelihood to get bitten by mosquitoes is due to genetics. Mm. So genetics. here's a few of the things. Okay. If you have type O blood, Apparently, you're 83% more likely to get bitten. Is Soap O the universal one? 
Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know much about blood types, but okay. if uh, people would type A are the least likely, um, and those would type B are in the middle. Mm-hmm. I don't even know my blood type, but nor I. So maybe that's something we should find out or something. Put that on the 2020 list. 2020 list. Find out a blood type. Uh, number two, you have a large body size. This has to do with your metabolic metabolic rate. And the amount of carbon dioxide released from your body as it burns energy. Mm. And I said, I knew this about CO2 and I'm large and I sweat and burn a lot of CO2. And in uh, forest and hiking and stuff, I would oftentimes take deeper breaths and then exhale above my head. Oh, that's to try smart. And like, you know, Trick them out. Yeah. Uh, if you're pregnant, according to a study done in Africa, pregnant women are twice as likely to attract mosquitoes compared to their non-pregnant peers. Because again, the greater amount of CO2 that is... Um, Ex- that that pregnant women exhale because that baby's taking some of the oxygen. Okay. Um, number four is what you said. You've been exercising or exerting yourself physically because again, that's they're attracted to lactic acid, which is what your muscles secrete when you work out. Uh, you've just had a glass of beer or wine. Drinking alcohol also raises your me- meta- metabolic rate and your body temperature. You're wearing red or dark colored clothing. They I do rely this. on sight. Uh, to spot their prey and red makes you a target as well as uh, dark colors like blue or black. I did know that. Uh-huh. And lastly, the last one they mentioned is that certain elements of your body chemistry are actually calling them. So like if you have excess lactic acid or uric acid um, uh, or if you have a higher concentration of steroids or cholesterol on the skin uh, surface tend to attract them, which is interesting, A, because some skincare products have, col- not oh, they don't have cholesterol, they have or something else on but mm. the steroids piece like if you're taking an steroids for uh illness or something yeah you should be aware of that too mm-hmm. there you go you know we lived in argentina for those two years mm-hmm. and they didn't do any mosquito abatement at all no whereas most places we lived like has a municipal has a, yeah. mosquito like abatement program yeah and oh man i've never seen mosquitoes like that in my life yeah they were just giant although i didn't get a lot of bites so. no we didn't get a lot but they they carried that dengue fever and you yeah. know it wasn't a, a good thing, but they were everywhere. Yeah, they were. So uh, this Texas girl was arrested for weed, and now she's getting makeup uh, tutorial requests. I saw yeah. this. Uh, Dallas, a former Texas A&M Commerce University student who was arrested for marijuana possession on her way to a party, never thought her arrest would turn into an inter- her, her to an internet cessation months later. Uh, this is Marshala Perkins. She's 19. She said, I was actually bored that night. I was just looking to go with friends, um, the, and looking the way she was looking. Uh, but her mugshot was featured on Mugshot Bays, uh, a Twitter account. And, uh, people have been asking for her makeup tutorial because her makeup looks fire as fuck in this, um, mugshot photo. She is kind of glowing in yeah. the mugshot. The little undiscovered gem in there, uh, and I don't know if it's in this article, I saw at some point two grams. Yeah, not just two grams, but uh, the Greenville, uh, Greenville, uh, she was waiting for her friends to come out. She was waiting for like two months, two minutes, I mean, and a police car pulled up behind her. They ran the license, registration, everything came back clean. But before leaving, he said he smelled marijuana and asked her to get out of the vehicle. And then they searched her car and found the two grams. Two whole grams. Yeah. Man, you know how many white people had two whole grams on them at that concert? (laughs) You know how many people walk away from two whole grams? So anyway, she's getting tons of, uh, I'm going to put a link to this story because it has a link to her YouTube channel. You guys can follow her on Instagram and hopefully um, she'll get a little, little business off of this. That would be dope. Yeah. Uh, she also has a listing of uh, the, um, on her YouTube channel, she listed all of the makeup items that, sh- that she was using in her um, in her mugshot. So Good for her. Is Good there part. a name or a channel we can shout out? Uh, let me pull up the channel. Oh, hold on. That's the wrong link. 
Oops. I'm all for, for black folk getting... Me too, especially if you can like make it out of, you know... Well, especially after something this like this. This shit yeah. that you have to deal with. It's Nikki P-O-O-H-98 is the... Um, Nikki Poo? Nikki Poo, yeah. Nice. That's her, her YouTube. And uh, Instagram, it is uh, B-E-A-T by D-E-E underscore. So beat, beat by D. D yeah. So, so you can by see, D, beat yeah, by D. Beat by D. So it's like That's a good IG for a makeup all artist. All of her makeup artist stuff and you can check her out there. All right. Nice. So I wanted uh, to mention those things. I saw this little gem. Uh, I don't think we talked about it, but uh, previously undisclosed TSA program tracks unsuspecting passengers. Hmm. Yeah. So federal air marshals are tracking American citizens not suspected of crime, not under investigation, or who are not any terrorist watch list at all. Uh, this is from Boston Globe and CNN. The aim of the program, known as Quiet Skies, Quiet is skies. to gather details about the people's behavior on the plane to try to thwart any potential aviation threats. Hmm. Really? So before, how does this work? Yeah, before people board a plane and are watched by federal air marshals, officials use information from the intelligence community and previous travel patterns to help choose whom to target. Oh, I'm totally being targeted. The official head of the program has been no in existence doubt. in some form since 2010. Yep, I'm definitely being targeted. Uh, when the Congress uh, provided robust oversight. Mm. Yeah, I'm just real happy with Congress and all Yeah, oversight. that makes robust. me feel so good. And the, and the article put robust in quotes. When CNN puts... Congressional robust oversight in quotes. Come on now. The Globe reported that thousands of what it called unsuspecting Air Americans have been the target of surveillance in the airport and aboard flights by small teams of air marshals, according to government documents it obtained. Hmm. According to the Globe, officials look for such behaviors. This is the suspicious stuff they're looking for. uh, And those who are under surveillance as being abnormally aware of their surroundings, exhibiting behavioral indicators such as excessive fidgeting, Mm-mm. excessive perspiration, rapid eye blinking, Mm-mm. rubbing or wringing of hands with an appearance that was different than information provided, or here's the best one, if the person slept during the flight. Get the fuck out of here. Did, can I just, that list like, is every, I, every passenger on every, every plane. Every passenger every plane does all of those things. And also, people are nervous flyers, like legitimately are, are like scared of flying and would do all of these things just to get themselves to fly on a plane. Here's the, you got to read this. I'll just stop with this last sentence. The TSA said the program is not targeting ordinary Americans. What the fuck does that mean? I will just end it there. Okay. So I. You know what? Honestly. Quiet skies. Uh, oh, goodness. Fenty Beauty retweets a new shell shape that looks like their matchsticks. Okay, so uh, a new shape has been destroyed. It's called, a new shape has been discovered by scientists. It's called a sucktoid, S-C-U-T-O-I-D. It's been discovered in human cells. And it literally is shaped just like a matchstick. The Fenty matchsticks, to be specific. If y'all don't know, I'm a huge Fenty Beauty um, addict and fan. And uh, a lot of their pigments and colors come in these dope um, tubes that are shaped just like this uh, scuctoid uh, shape. And they are magnetic and stick together. So everything's really neat in when you're yeah. storing them. And it is exact. It's funny when you say that it looks like the Fenty matchstick. It looks like the Fenty matchstick if you cut two of them that are stuck together magneted together yes. on a on a on, a, uh, on, on an angle, angle. On an yeah. angle. yeah but it's very similar it's kind of interesting to me uh inspired by fenty Beauty, i've never so. seen the the new shape the sucktoid uh come down scootoid? the scootoid scootoid it's the scu scootoid 
Well, whatever. Know. Whatever it is. It's Some, a new correct shape. Correct us if you want to. Scutoid. Mm-hmm. Scutoid or something. Anyways, mm-hmm. shout out to that's very interesting. And Rihanna, of course, uh, always. I wonder how the, the naming convention, because like when you discover like stars and shit, like you can name it like this is the comet Drew and Leslie, right? Like, I don't know who got to name the Sucktoid. <laughs> who first defined the suck the scatoid and and how it came to be? Uh, a, yeah, I think it has to do. I think that's actually like a. I'm sure there's a governing body. Of, no, yeah, and I think that's actually a name for like a twisted prism. I think that it it already was named. Oh, that, that. name existed, yeah, or or okay. something like that. Um. Anyways, so that was interesting. The other thing I wanted to, I think, is the last news story. Yes, okay. I think so. Uh, is that election election officials' concerns turn to information warfare as hackers gather in Las Vegas? So, uh, DEFCON is this week, was this week, uh, started on Friday. And, um, if you don't know what DEFCON is, it's a hacking convention. It's the biggest one in the United States. And basically, uh, the organizers of a voting village at the annual, uh, hacker convention have packed a conference room at Caesar's Palace with voting machines and have asked civically curious hackers to wreak havoc. So they have a room full in Vegas of nothing but voting machines and they've asked hackers to come and see what they could do to these machines um uh, after a few hours on friday one hacker was essentially able to turn a voting machine into a jukebox making it play music and display animations while such hacks are a concern for election officials they are increasingly looking beyond the threats of against traditional election infrastructure like voting machines and voting databases uh, and more to the threat of information so they started just like kind of talking about um what if they fall victim to a coordinated information warfare campaign? Like what basically what's been described uh, during the, the election uh, and what the hacking community's response yeah. should be to that. And I just, I'm reading, I pulled up the article yeah. and I just want to preface this. You have said, you said it at oh, least I was gonna mention four this. weeks so ago. So four weeks ago, I, I, I think ago. I tweeted and I was like, please mark this tweet that I, I believe that this election in November, some portions of it will be either negated, postponed or canceled because of alleged interference fears and that the government is going to be yeah. behind these these. In interjections. Um, so yeah, I was reading this and I was like, well, here's what they say. If state election boards were to be targeted in this way, where voter information or voting systems were hacked and then a coordinated campaign to disseminate or weaponize that information were to follow on social media, it could lead to widespread confusion that could undermine the integrity of an election. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're already saying that this could happen. Yep. Yo. Wow. Also on Friday, almost 40 child hackers between the age of 6 and 17 were let loose on the mock sites, and most of them were able to tamper with vote tallies, some even changing candidates' names to things like Bob DeBuilder and Richard Nixon's head. These are children. Children. So these machines are infallible. Yeah. They're just perfect. Anyways, uh, I'll put the link in there, but y'all just write that down that I said this today because... I'm going to need this after this last piece of news. It's a coming. Smoke weed every day. Hey, it actually worked. It did work. So uh, this one, I, I haven't read this, but I saw the headline. And I thought, wow, it's about friggin' time. So Sacramento is going to help minorities that have been arrested for drug possession uh, uh, open up marijuana businesses. Mm-hmm. And that to me, I don't want to say it's like the first I've seen of this, but we always say that. I'll be, it'll be, I'll know something's changed when a legalization effort begins and starts with 
grandfathering people that have already been arrested because yeah. they're mostly black and brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, Sacramento City Council approved a program Thursday that would help those arrested on nonviolent marijuana charges open legitimate cannabis businesses, according to a report from the Sacramento Bee. The Cannabis Opportunity Reinvestment Equity, or CORE program, would allow those most affected by the war on drugs to open a dispensary or other marijuana business without paying thousands of dollars in permit fees. It also provides support to help them get their business off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is there more detail on that i think that's no that's basically what the core program is it's uh going to help those who are just disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs this is uh what um maliki seku emin of the uh california urban partnership told sacramento b it will help us um it will help us who suffered generational poverty to benefit from the region's four billion dollar industry in cannabis Um, So the Drug Policy Alliance, a liberal group that advocates for the reform, released statistics in January showing that prisons house a disproportionate amount of black and Hispanic prisoners on drug crimes. Um, I've done some work with the Drug Policy Alliance, so they do good work out here, especially as it comes to data collection around these things. But yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, obviously implementation and uh, is always the where where things get a little sticky. But I do think that it's. it's interesting to see policy being put forth and city councils uh, being the place that this this is happening because that actually isn't where marijuana reform typically um, has been taking hold. It's been taking hold at the state level for the most part. Right. And so seeing these cities now, okay, the state has voted that we can sell this stuff and make money off of it and tax it. Wonderful. How are we as a municipality now going to respond to that? How are we going to decide how we're going to engage with this yeah burgeoning um uh industry so yeah i think uh, there's something too with like i don't know the direct line between these two things but sort of like you and i have talked on this podcast about black folk being brought to this country uh enslaved specifically for their skills Mm -hmm. right whether it be farming whether it be uh swimming in some cases we just learned that what was it johnny walker or one of these you know 150 year old bourbon brands was like yeah the recipe is actually one of our enslaved black people yeah you know jimmy maybe it was i can't remember but so there's something analogous there with white people and capitalism and prisons and arresting brown and black people on on drug charges and the just the sort of green revolution yeah you know it just the whole thing feels kind of awful so i'm glad there's something being done wish it was more but yeah well you know there's it's, a always, start. it's always good to have examples of you know where it's working and where people are doing things differently um out here so that's a great thing uh next yeah it's uh wait a minute where's my Ooh, it's tangential. Someone I follow on Twitter and I kind of like was tweeting the other day about that live PD program. Like oh my god, that thing is horrible. It. I know it's been it's been it trends every fucking weekend. It trends. The it's fuck? disturbing. But this is someone who's like justice oriented too. I'm like, what are you doing watching live PD coverage? I, you know, and it runs like eight hours, like all night long. But on it's one of these definitely things. one of those things where it's like we we talk about the next door app and how fucking horrible and racist it is. And it's like I was talking with somebody on Twitter about this the other day. Um, I think it was a black dude I was talking with and we were just saying like you know you have to it you are on it so you can monitor things I would never want to do that but oh, let's yeah, no. say I wasn't married to a white dude that was willing to just be in these spaces like there's a question like do you want to see what these people are saying or do you want to not you know um 
because that information is pretty fucking well, and, critical if you live in this neighborhood to hear yeah, yeah. this fucking white woman two blocks from here talking shit about any person of color doing anything in this neighborhood. But at the same time, is that something I want to open myself up to on so a regular you, basis? You and I had that conversation. And this the Nextdoor app is, is interesting in that there is... Um, the only way to be a part of it is by verifying your address. They have right. to mail a postcard to your actual address with a code and you got to put it in, right? So there's like, I live here and I've proven that I live here. But then they they don't show your exact home. Right. Like I can't go and click on your name and find your address. Your right. But it's really not hard to deduce. Of course not. I mean. Not at all, right? It's, it's like, not that big a neighborhood. It's not that big a neighborhood. Like for real. So, you know, I am monitoring it. I am in there. And I've literally, I've typed literally you know, responses and been all ready to send. And then I started asking myself, do I want to invite this group of really nosy white people into my black wife's business? Right. Cause they would. Yeah. They, I would say they park outside her house, but you know, like, so I think it's even, there's this weird bit about like, you're right. I can monitor it. And if it, if I didn't have a black person living in my home, I, and I, I do see other white neighbors, like when a thread gets really fucked up before it, like there's a, a, a cycle of somebody says some shit, people respond to it four or five replies later. Someone's like, y'all are being ridiculous for doing this. And then there's this sort of like cycle from that. And then the thread gets usually deleted, deleted or locked. Right. right. But yeah, there's a few neighbors that'll be like, this is, you just said something that was racist. You shouldn't do this or that, but not nearly enough. And yeah. I, I would, you know, I mean like the shit they do, they put people's like license plates and literally shit. Black Honda Accord license plate, blah, 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 did this and did this. Like, what the fuck? Y'all just got too much time. But anyway, yes, all cops, uh, a brutal attack on a Sikh man uh, was perpetrated partly by a police chief's son is one mm. of the suspects. So you saw this article. I didn't disgusted. know about it, but. Yeah, but I'm going to play some audio. Okay. Old Sikh man Sahib Singh Knott is still hurting, still fearful after he was kicked and spat on Monday morning. Mm. Yeah, everybody's scared. Everybody's scared, you know, me, everybody. But there's a slight sense of relief as he and his family members have just learned his suspected attackers are now behind bars. Mm. The news is really good. The Manteca police do really, really good job. The Manteca Police Department reports they've arrested a 16-year-old boy and 18-year-old Tyrone McAllister in Modesto Wednesday morning. Officers say McAllister is the son of Union City Police Chief Daryl McAllister. Of course he is. there has nothing to do with this case. Oh, does it? Um, really? Family, so his house? Uh, is devastated by the are actions they? of their estranged really? son, who they haven't seen in several months. Get the fuck out of here. home surveillance video. Uh, Stop here. And I actually put it on here deliberately. Um, Get the fuck out for a very here. specific reason. So a little bit of a, a twist: the police chief's black, and so is his son. Uh, so you know that doesn't surprise me no, for a doesn't. few reasons. One is especially because it was a Sikh man. Like the the this issue of Islamophobia, yep. like having Sikh folks get get um uh assaulted when they're not even Muslim and that's not even an excuse obviously nobody should be getting attacked but it just goes to show you like the ignorance, the and the ignorance inherent in, in Islamophobia that yep. it has absolutely nothing to do with like any ideological understanding or it's not even grounded in actual fact or knowledge nope. so it, it's it doesn't surprise me at all actually. it's just uh, here's a, a person who's othered Yep, and in this in, in this specific instance, it's a turban. You know, yeah. it's a it's a it's a head uh, a dorm of some sort, and we're gonna treat them a certain way. But I actually, I, I went to it. I I immediately assumed it was gonna be a white guy and a white uh, police. That's detective why it's not called kid. Yes All White Cops. It's yeah, called Yes yeah. All Cops. And that's why I put it on here. That's why I put it on yes. here. 
all of the cops. And it was, I mean, there's a video going around right now. This black black cop in Baltimore beating the shit out of this yep. dude right on the street in front of everybody. And it's like the brazenness of it, I think, is what a lot of times just becomes like, you know, people are taping you. You're in front of about 40 people watching you do this. And you're just like, mm, ain't shit going to happen to me. So it's yeah. fine. They, well, has shit happened to them? I don't know. I think they got suspended. I don't know what's going to happen, but well, the, the, I didn't even watch the whole video. Their history, their, their understanding of history would suggest that they can get away with it. True. Know? But yeah, you're, you're right about yes, all cops. And I think a lot of people use that um, black police officer as almost like a trope, you know, like, well, but how can it be when, you know, Marilyn Mosby was black and one of the officers was black? How could this be racialized in some way? And uh, the phrase, there are no good cops in a racist system is, I think, appropriate in this, mm-hmm. at this juncture. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's it. Yes, all cops. Yes, all cops. Mm-hmm. All right, hold up. Where's my, my new music? <laughs> I just love that opening bass line of that song. That's a great bass line. Okay, so uh, this week in our Wild Black segment, a Santa Fe store owner, store clerk, calls police on a man for being arrogant and black. Hmm. That's the actual words he used to the police? Yes, uh, a New Mexico store clerk called police on a young black man buying candy because he was arrogant and black. Cell phone footage of the August 3rd incident shows. Jordan McDowell, a 22-year-old Xavier University medical student, was visiting Santa Fe to learn about Native American culture. He entered an alls-up store to buy some candy after making a purchase. He looked around the store for other items when the clerk became agitated. She was monitoring him the whole time, he said. Then she ordered him to leave the store and call 911, telling them she wanted the shopper out. She can be heard telling the 911 caller, call handler, because he's being arrogant, because he's black. So they're not even trying to like, like it started with Permit Patty, like being embarrassed after the fact. And then I think Barbecue Beggar, one of them was like hiding behind a thing. They're not even hiding anymore. There's like, yeah, it's because he's black and arrogant. Mm hmm. Yeah, and the video McDowell says they said I was sketchy because I picked up stuff and put stuff back. Otherwise known as shopping. Like what? Like literally like he's arrogant and black is is just it's not even a dog whistle. You might as well just call them an uppity you know what I mean? Like yeah, what literally. the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. Just outright said it. It's because yeah. he's black and arrogant. He's arrogant. He black. wouldn't listen. And I we didn't put it on here and I'm I'm sure you saw it. There was again while black. Uh, I think it was Atlanta. A group of black women were at a, a restaurant celebrating a birthday party. Oh yeah, and uh, a, 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 I guess a non-black, a, a non-black woman, of woman color. Of color. Yes. Thank you for that uh, framing of language. Uh-huh. Um, sat down and was just being rude and insular and uh, egging them on until the manager came over and, of course, addressed the non-black woman of color. What's wrong? And she says these black people is and story black people get kicked out. Yeah, and it's like wow. My God. Yep. Yepity. Yepity. Yep. 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 Oh, is it I time have, for my favorite segment? It's time for lots of people's uh, favorite segment. I saw there's a lot. There's a big list. It's been. Yes, it's definitely. I, I, I did really good. I didn't look at any of them. So I, I have I have no foreknowledge. No, no cheating. You, don't, you, you can't cheat. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, 
I fail all the time, so I don't know how. If I was cheating, I'm not very good at it. That's right. It's time for Hunyun or Anyum. Here we go. Did they spell Union wrong again? There was another misspelling on something? I don't know what that was on, but (laughs) we'll leave it there. All right, first one. Trump calls Attorney General Jeff Sessions scared, stiff, and missing in action. Oh, totally. True. True. That is true. That is true. Okay. Sessions vows to protect all deeply held religious bigotry. No. That can't be true. All right. That's Onion. You're right. All right. Here we go. Poll. Trump is as strongly disliked now as Nixon was before he resigned. Uh, I believe that's true. That is true. Uh, Backpelling Trump claims eldest son would probably be fine doing five to ten years in prison. (laughs) I'd love to believe that's true, but that's got to be Onion. That is Onion. Very good. Uh, Trump stokes attacks on NFL players who protest. I mean, that's, he's been doing that, so yeah. Yes, that's true. Giuliani insists breaking the law is not a crime. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I only because I read somewhere that Giuliani, like, he insisted that, like, collusion wasn't a crime. So now I'm like, maybe breaking the law is a crime. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with onion. That is the onion. Oh. Good job. Good job. Good job. But he good did job. say collusion isn't a crime. He's like, ah, collusion isn't a crime. Yes, that's not did. a crime. Trump 2020 to sell Space Force merch. Oh, and actually, unfortunately, I know that's true because I got the email. It Motherfucker. Is. <laughs> he he literally has like solicited uh, like logo uh, votes. Like yeah, vote for the logo. So he can and start selling it. The logo is NASA. It's literally like, NASA. You guys logo. shuttled the NASA program that's and now you're going to. Just stop it. Uh, White space farce, White way. House can't or won't explain Trump's wildfire tweets. He tweeted about the wildfire? White House can't. Oh, man. Come on. It doesn't sound onion enough. Okay. I'm going to say that's true. It is true. You, <laughs> you wanna, if you want to hear what his treat his yeah, tweet what said. What did he say? What, I, I missed this one. California wildfires are being magnified and made so much worse by the bad environmental laws, which aren't allowing massive amounts of readily available water to be properly utilized. It is being diverted into the Pacific Ocean. Wait, 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 wait a Must, minute. I'm not wait done. Wait a minute. Must also tree clear to stop fire from spreading. How is he trying to tell California how to fucking... Wait a minute. He's then t- he says... Governor Jerry Brown must allow the free flow of the vast amounts of water coming from the north and foolishly being diverted into the Pacific Ocean. Who's diverting ocean. water into the ocean? Can be used for fires, farming, and everything else. Think of think of California with plenty of water. Nice. Fast federal government approvals. Who's who's diverting water to the ocean in California? Where this is Wow. I honestly if it had been crazier, I would have said onion, but this is bizarre as fuck. He's yeah. reading these fucking Reddit 4chan memes and shit. Someone's telling them something about some, there's some conspiracy theory about California wasting water. The, well, there is a debate going on in California right now about how much water should be diverted to coastal communities versus farmers in the central part of the state, but nothing is being put in the ocean. No. So California's got like, like, they've got reservoirs that dry up and shit. They're not yeah. letting water go into the ocean. They have like rain barrel collection and gray water systems. They're not throwing water in the ocean. Yeah, it's definitely. And um, what does he think? He's like, he's literally tweeting like, you got to cut the trees down. <laughs> like, how is that helpful in the least? It is the most white man fucking right, behavior Right, especially ever. because, you know, this dude claims that um, climate change is a hoax, but that's what's the cause of fucking uh, wildfires. Well, so it's maybe like, I'm wrong, but didn't a dude start this fire? Like, it's arson. He called I don't know the, if it was this yeah, one. One of the two not. that are raging was arson. All right, next, uh, Pentagon officials listen in silence as Mike Pence plans for angel-guided defense weapons system. <sighs> Fuck. 
What is your guess? I really, I really, I, I know it's onion, but I, I'm going to say it's true. It's not true. Damn. This one was the onion. I, Angel, I was like, Angel guided. Like, I swear that sounds like a pen. It's like, and I thought maybe Angel was a name, but not an actual angel. Yeah. Damn. They never know. Okay. Right. Melania Trump used visa opposed by her husband to get her parents citizenship. Uh, I think I saw a tweet about that. That's true. Yeah, that's true. They are literally chain whatever they call. Yeah, them, the, right? uh, whatever it is. They call um, them. They they use the derogatory anchor baby. Anchor baby on the other right, end. Right, right. So Melania is an anchor baby, pretty much. Uh, Ivanka Trump distraught after learning detain migrant children completely without sewing machines. <laughs> it's gotta be it is. But she doesn't more. care. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. We only have a couple more. Trump vows to double steal and aluminum tariffs on Turkey. Wait, say that again. Trump vows to double steel and aluminum tariffs on Turkey. Double steel aluminum tariffs on Turkey. I guess true. That is true. Uh, Pro-Trump t-shirts too expensive to make in U.S. So we get them made in Haiti. Bikes for tr- Bikers for Trump founder says. Oh, that's totally true. That is true. I mean, the goddamn make America 2020 great again shit's being made in China. Yes. And last but not least, mocked in space, Russian embassy trolls U.S. over new branch of military. It seems like it. I'm. I'm gonna. I feel like it's true, so I'm gonna say true. It is true. They they <laughs> tweeted a little uh, Russian space emblem and said, "Good morning, space forces." Trolling space forces. Good morning, space forces. They should have had it sent. You out did pretty from, good uh, there. You only missed one. Very they should good. have had that tweeted from. Uh, really good at this. Or everything Yuri, is so absurd. Yuri Gagarin, the first uh, cosmonaut in space. All fucking true. Good morning, space force. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, yeah. A space force. Space force, because that's what we need. For Christ's sake. Yeah. All right, this is still your music. Oh, it is. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. I always think of the video game. All right. So pest control. We have two equally bonkers stories. The first is worms frozen in permafrost for 42,000 years have come back to life and are eating. That's real. That is real. Uh, scientists have made a discovery that is quite mind-blowing. Uh, roundworms found in the permafrost in two areas of Siberia have come back to life. In Petri dishes, these worms have been frozen in permafrost for tens of thousands of years since the Pleistocene age. Scientists working on the research say that 300 prehistoric worms were analyzed and that two were shown to contain viable nematodes. The nematodes showed signs of life after being defrosted. Scientists say the worms started moving and then eating again. One of the worms was discovered in an ancient squirrel burrow in the wall of the Duvaniyar outcrop in the lower reaches of the Kolmar River. That worm is 32,000 years old. The other worm was found um, in 2015 uh, in the Alizea River and is about 41,700 years old. And the two nematodes are the oldest living animals on the planet and both are believed to be female, of course. Uh, the worms came back to life at a lab um, at the Institute of Bio, Bio, uh, Physiochemical and Biological Problems of Soil Science. So I just thought that was really... These worms coming I, back to life now? What the hell is going on I here? just... Uh, something about 
It sounds like it, a bad Jurassic like a horror Park, movie come to life. That that all these sci-fi's where they're like finding shit that's millions of years old. Yeah. And it, it, and well, they had a thing the other day where they found like an unopened sarcophagus in the bottom of something in, yeah. in Egypt and they was like going to open it. I'm like, do y'all not watch movies? Because I just want to know, like, this is where you should be implying caution and not actually opening shit that you don't know what's in and it. And I just like, you're going to unearth this 40,000 year old nematode worm and it's going to have like nuclear syphilis. Some sort <laughs> it's going to have something terrible. really god awful. Yeah. Like you have like 40,000 year old nematode worm fucking syndrome. So the next one, uh, everybody knows that although ants are absolutely <laughs> tiny, they're able to carry objects that weigh between 10 to 50 times their body weight and which are much larger than we've all seen videos of them carrying leaves. But this ant went a little bit further. Yes, that's a diamond that the tiny insect is just brazenly pushing along without a care in the world. Clearly, <laughs> it had an insect friend who wanted to impress or maybe even pop the question to. The video was taken inside a jewelry shop and shows the insect nonchalantly uh, carrying the diamond across a white desk. Although the jewel um, seems colossal by comparison, the ant seems to have absolutely no trouble pushing it along and actually carries it for about a foot or two, which may not seem like a very long distance, but for, a, for an ant, a foot is a long distance similarly while the diamond uh, is like a speck of dirt in the human hand albeit one that probably costs a few months salary totally guessing here no idea what care the diamond's worth but he literally just uh, scoffed off with it wow there's video they have it all zoomed in he's like straight pushing this diamond like and did they say why Uh, he just wanted it i guess they stopped him is that you yeah oh What's that? High oh, the video? <laughs> oh. The little ant switched that rubber cheek one. I love it. But the ant's got high hopes. Yeah. He's trying to push the diamond. He's got he's got high taste is what he's got. Not just <laughs> high hopes. Yeah. <laughs> he's got uh, high pockets if he can afford that diamond. I thought that was just really funny. Freaking thieving ass. That is funny. Ant. So we had a couple of other stories that I thought were interesting to cover. They don't fall into any category, but I thought they were interesting that we would talk to. One was three signals that your industry is about to be disrupted. I thought this was an interesting just kind of having these in one place to talk through. Like, is your is it safe to say no industry will be left untouched by digital digital disruption? Is your net yours next? So here are the signs. Number one, your industry has significant regulatory burdens. So that's the first major sign is that your industry is highly regulated. Okay. Uh, while heavy regulation have long tradition of protecting uh, companies from new entrants. This may not be true in the future. Industries with high regulation often suffer from complacency as they may not have had to worry much about customer experience or optimization, optimizing operations. Hence, emerging technology changes the landscape very yeah. quickly in those sectors. The second is your customers have to work at managing their costs. Hmm. Uh, so this is often a situation where there are one or more middlemen between the originator point of the product and the uh, or service and the customer. So handoffs in the supply chain often increase without adding value, and they can also contribute to poor customer service experience. It's an example of how Tesla sells cars directly to consumers, cutting out dealerships. This greatly improves the experience for the customers. Um, Innovators like Tough and Needle, Casper, and Lisa are selling directly to consumers online rather than going through retailers um, that sell the same product at a wide variety of price points and offer often negotiate with customers. So I, I mentioned I'm in the translation industry, and yep. it's not regulated at all. It's the no. exact opposite. Yeah. It's entirely mom and pop. Yeah. But it is definitely the customers managing their costs. Uh, it's been a big issue. There's been a lot of disruption from, like I said, neural uh, MT and tech, Google, and other folks. 
Um, but that's very interesting that the word is disintermediation, taking people out of the, the middle of the supply chain process. Yeah. Uh, the last sign that they mention is your customer's experience isn't positive or even neutral. So uh, your industry is not optimized for modern customer expectations, which means that customers aren't delighted to interact with you. Uh, so do customers... Co- complain regularly about that. The taxi industry is a great example of why Lyft and Uber were able to take such an easy stronghold because people were like, taxis are terrible. They don't come when you call them. All of the things that go along with it doesn't feel safe, et cetera, et cetera. So here are a few industries that they have uh, labeled on this article. This is from MIT. They should be adding translation because that third one, even customers, that's the biggest issue with translators mm. is that the customer doesn't know or care. They just want an end product and a price point. They've commoditized it. And things like Google Translate have made it, you know, like, oh, my secretary speaks Spanish, so I'll just have them translate it versus actually paying somebody. It's been highly commoditized. And the customer doesn't care about the translator. They care about the translation. Yeah, so air travel is one. They specifically cite um, self-driving cars uh, are expected to take a huge bite out of um, air travel markets because people might want to just work or sleep and, and take, obviously not, leaving overseas but certainly domestic travel would be affected by that uh real estate is another one that they're talking about the process of buying a house is complicated lengthy and involves many steps the high cost of transactions is also a concern with one of the highest being the agent's fee and customers yeah. are increasingly questioning the value of real estate agents when they can both list and shop online for homes i'm telling you the only thing an agent gets me nowadays is listing on mls yeah because for sale by owner you don't get on the mls i think when you're moving to a new place it's important like if we were going to buy something here i don't know if we'd use a, another well here's um, the thing in buying it, it, the money doesn't come from us. Right. It comes from the seller. So right. I almost always use an agent when buying just for my own convenience. Right. Like I'm not going to get the 3% that goes to my agent isn't going to come to my lower price point on the house. So I'll use an agent when buying a house. I think the, the issues when selling, does my agent get 6% of the value by me listing it? I mean, both houses we've sold, we've only sold two. We've owned two and we sold two. They both sold in one fucking day. <laughs> they both sold in one fucking day. Like the agent didn't have to do anything. They put it on MLS and the house sold itself. They got 6% for that? Okay. And the, and the, in terms of the people in the middle of the process, from the title company to the, oh, all kinds of stuff buying a house. Mm-hmm. All of the things. In some places, a, a realtor can't do it. You got to have a, an attorney do it. All kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, and, uh, and the last being healthcare, which actually is definitely not a surprise when Amazon sees healthcare as an opportunity for disruption specifically, uh, the opportunities for improvement are near endless. Um, yeah. I, I, and I think that the level of healthcare that you're able to even encounter is so, um, regionalized, which I hadn't even, I mean, we move a lot. So it's been interesting seeing like different healthcare systems and how they connect to each other mm. and, and things like that. And obviously, uh, you know, a friend of mine just went to urgent care yesterday, the closest urgent care to her, and they literally wouldn't take her without pay- upfront payment. And she was like needing emergency care right then. Um, and you know, you wonder why people go to emergency rooms for their general health care because that this is the treatment they get when they go outside of that. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, this next one, I think we're going to have you take this quiz, right? Okay. Do I have to go to the website? No, I'll read the scenarios. To okay. You. So uh, people may, may or may not have seen this. I, I think I shared it a bunch of places, but it's from the LA Times and it's a, a little uh, interactive um, piece that says you've been arrested by a dishonest cop. 
can you win in a system set up to protect officers? I took it. Um, I'll, I'll tell my results in a, in a little bit, but it basically walks you through the scenarios that you would be presented with in this scenario that two years ago, Officer Smith was caught lying on an ar- arrest report. He was suspended but kept his job. His misconduct remains secret due to California's strict laws that protect officer personnel records. Objective, help prove your innocence by showing that the cop has a history of lying. Are you ready? So... Should I answer this knowing that that's my objective? Trying yes. to show that this cop is a liar. Yeah, you're trying, you're trying to okay. prove your innocence, okay. right? Okay. That's I got the goal. It. I got so you. Here are your options you have. So one day, Officer Smith takes you into custody for resisting arrest. There are no other witnesses. You are innocent. You're put in jail and do not have money for bail. What do you do? First option, plead not guilty. You did nothing wrong. Number two is plead guilty. You don't want a long court battle while stuck in jail. Which do you choose? Uh, I have the luxury to say not guilty. You're going to say not guilty. Okay. That's two days in jail. Officer Smith is lying in your case. So he, so maybe he has lied in the past to find out. You could ask a judge to look at Smith's personnel file through what is known as a pitchless motion. So the objective is to take a chance and file a pitchless motion to find someone to testify against Officer Smith's integrity or not. So do you file the pitchless motion? Your odds are pretty good or you don't file it and you head to trial. Wow. And so, and what's the con if so, I file so this? So if you file, filing it will give you another 30 days in jail, not filing it 90 days, but you could go directly to trial. There'll be other options that you'll have to choose from no matter what. Does it say this? Yes. I'll file it. You're going to file. Okay, we have filed. You now have 32 days in jail. The judge grants your motion and reviews the officer's personnel file behind closed doors with an attorney representing the law enforcement agency. The judge gives you only the names and contact information of people who complained about the officer. You, She orders you to keep the information within your legal team. So you now have to hire an investigator to track down these people. So they've opened the file. They found a yep. few people that have said, hey, this officer's dirty. Now something happened here. You're 30 days after several weeks of work. You've lost your job at this point i just want to make sure you understand yeah, the 32 days, you, sure. you have lost your job right now okay so you hire this investigator let's click on that um so who do you want to track down these are your options rachel which will give you three more days in jail donna which takes one more day leon five days or mike four days and they yes. tell you this in the quiz yep and why would the names have different days in jail because of the because of how are... long it'll take to find them there's different variables but which one are you going to pick okay donna Ray. what are the names again donna rachel donna leon mike uh, and what was the lowest number of days a uh, one day for donna and that's a woman yeah hopefully a white woman i'll take donna all right gonna take donna Donna's easy to find, but she is an officer who works alongside no, Smith. She fudge. won't disclose the details of the complaint she filed against him and declines to talk to investigators. The officer's misconduct remains a secret. You've now been in jail for 33 days. Do you track down another person on the list, take a plea deal, or stop the investigation and go to trial? Fuck. I track another person, I think. Okay, track another person. Who do you want to track down now? Rachel, Leon, or Mike? And how many days is Rachel? Rachel's three days. Leon's five. Mike is four. I'll say Rachel, I guess. Rachel. Uh, After a few days, your investigator finds Rachel, who says that Officer Smith arrested her a few years ago and falsified the arrest report. She's willing to testify, but she's currently in jail for drug possession. Your attorney worries a jury will find Officer Smith more credible than her. Do you want to track down another one? Take the plea deal. Ask Rachel to testify and go to trial or don't ask her to testify and go to trial. She's in jail on drug charges. Yep. 
I got to find another witness. All right, we're going to track another one down. Now I've got Leon and Mike. That's Leon it. and Mike, that's what you're left with. And Mike's fewer days? Four days, yeah. I guess I'll go with Mike. All right, we're going to pick Mike. After a couple of days, you've been in jail now, 41 days. Um, a couple of days, your investigator finds Mike on Facebook. He says Officer uh, Smith once unlawfully searched his car and falsely arrested him. Mike is willing to testify, but will the jury believe him? So you can take the plea, you can stop the investigation and go to trial, or you can ask Mike to testify and go to trial. Which will you choose? I guess I'll ask Mike to testify and go to trial. Mike is going to testify. Okay, Mike turns out to be a credible witness and he convinces the jury that the officer was lying in your case. You're acquitted. You spent 131 days in jail. You lost your job. Officer Smith continues to patrol. His misconduct remains a secret. And you made a rare decision to file a pitchless motion and see it through to trial. But the next person who encounters Smith will have to go through this entire process again. Wow. And what did you end up with? I ended up with 137 days, I think. That was my number. Was that your first number? You just said that. No, 131 was you. 131. So you had more days than me. Yeah, I had a few more days. What distance did you do differently? I don't remember, actually. Damn. Yeah, I encourage everybody to take this. I think it's a really good look at like how um, the laws that protect police officers detrimentally affect um, citizens and people that come in contact with them. And I think it's really it's funny. I've been seeing like mostly white people being like, you got to take this because I feel like they have such a disconnect between the realities of the criminal justice system. So when you see that when police uh, because it's not, you know, unheard of, they actually shoot white people too and when a white person gets killed by the police the the outrage is very different uh, that person's innocence is assumed in a very different way but i was you know it's just the interaction with police is different you know like white people grow up police is our friends yeah we call police for a uh get a cat out of a tree we have officer friendly in the schools like yeah. you know our assumptive even in this arrest is that well they're not going to do anything wrong yeah they're not going to treat me this way this system isn't set up it's set up to benefit me i'm white it won't be a problem you know i bet in reality i wonder how many like i i picked a few of those things based on it's a hypothetical but being like well i'm 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 morally opposed to this i'm going to make a moral decision Mm -hmm. but faced with losing my job i'd probably make a very different decision yeah you know and especially depending i forget what the arrest was for but did they say what the arrest was for um let me see if it says specifically they said something i remember i forgot though uh Uh, he just takes you in. There's no other, doesn't say for what resisting arrest. Sorry. Resisting resisting arrest. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things like as a, as a white person, the assumptive might be, it's going to get, that won't be a big, that won't prevent me from getting any work. A resisting arrest charge isn't going to be an issue to me in my professional endeavors. So maybe I'll just plead guilty and get out in two days Right. versus the 137 I ended up spending hypothetically. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think, you know, that's definitely. And I bet white people taking that do that exact same thing. Yeah. Because they don't think like, well, I, I, I'm i making a balanced choice between feeding my family, maintaining my employment or being in, in prison for or in jail for so many days or periods or whatever versus, well, it's just resisting arrest. And I would just do this. I would do that. Yeah, it's true. Um, mm. 
So I think the last story was this really funny, like kind of listicle story, which is the most savage Wendy's roasts of all time. No, their social media is We've just talked about Wendy's hilarious. a ton, about how they just literally like be coming for people all my, the time. I, I haven't read the article, but I know my favorite, most recent one was the IHOP when they went to IHOP Burgers. Somebody tweeted something and Wendy's social media was literally like, we're not that worried about a place that decided pancakes was too hard. We're not worried about burgers from a place yeah. that decided pancakes were too hard. Damn Wendy's. So yeah. what's the, let's hear them. Um, let's see. One of them is says they're they're arguing with roast with Wendy's a general a person and says roast me or I'll start going to Burger King. And Wendy said then you'll just be roasting your taste buds. Uh, at Wendy's, I was thinking of going to McDonald's. What should I get? Wendy says a McRefund. <laughs> Why do you uh have so much beef with McDonald's and Burger King? Wendy's they have to put something in those freezers. Uh, about to go live in Vegas. What you got at Wendy's? And uh, it was a picture. And they said, it looks like the Diet Coke version of Seth MacFarlane hanging out with the win- woman who with the largest collection of throw pillars featuring funny wine quotes. <coughs> featuring funny wine quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone asked Wendy's to roast them. Roast me, Wendy's. Please do your worst. Wendy says, when you try flexing in the selfie, but remember you can barely lift the watch on your wrist. <sighs> There's just people asking to get roasted by fucking Wendy's. Roast me, daddy, they said to Wendy's. Wendy says, congrats on winning a show we forgot even existed. What show did he win? Let me look. I got to go to this guy's handle now. <laughs> That's how winning a show we didn't even know existed. <laughs> oh, I guess he was the only openly gay person to ever win Big Brother in the United States. Big Brother, huh? Yeah. Uh, this is so what I needed to get me started off in the morning. Come on, Wendy's. What you got? Uh, you're on like 15 different shows and we still had to Google you. Uh, all right. Against my better judgment, Wendy's, go for it. Know a couple people at the National Enquirer if you're looking for a more reputable news source to work for. What news source does Anthony work at? Let me look. He works at TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, people with unfortunate haircuts got the business. Are you going to let, uh, are you as let down as you were when the barber spun you around the, to the mirror after that haircut? Mm. Think your mom had the bowl crooked when she gave you that cut. And a few that hit a little too close to home. I bet you can't make one up for me. Oh, is your waifu not giving you enough attention? I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's new Bill Cipher. I don't get that either. I don't get that I either. Think it's a cipher. These people had uh, roast us and then these two dudes in uh, dude bro lit hype t shirts. And Wendy's goes, geez, it's like a fidget spinner accidentally had kids. <laughs> there was another one on this list that I got to say, I, I, maybe their social media is too hip that it's, it's under me age wise that I didn't get one of the first ones they had. Your name should be phase so that you can get more viewers. Yeah, I don't get that one either. Mm. Yeah, so they're um, so they're so savage that I don't even get it. Yeah, it's like too much. Anyways, I'll I'll share the link. It's got a bunch of shit of Wendy's roasting. Maybe they didn't have the IHOP one. That was I that might that be one. down at the bottom because th- it was National Roast Day, so I think they were like actively roasting people. So, oh, it was actually like roast day, and they were roasting people. Got yeah. it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like their th- that. That's good because it's like roast day, but I feel like they're just general like 
Tuesday social media brand yeah. is fucking hilarious. It is. Somebody said at Wendy's, BK for the win. What'd they win? A participation trophy? Someone else said something like, if you don't do this, I'm going to start going to uh, Burger King. I'm like, you're only going to be punishing your taste buds. Mm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get it, Wendy's. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, film, TV, movies? Yeah. What have we been looking at? Um, TV, Cloak and Dagger's first season ended. Really like this Marvel show like on Freeform. Um, focus on these two teenagers. I just thought it was really well done. Uh, I loved the they had this whole mythology piece going on actually two of them they had this ongoing mythology around the city of New Orleans and like pairs of people that have saved the city right but this other piece was talking about the construction of story and hero which I thought was really interesting they had kind of voiceover at the beginning of most of the episodes talking about it and I'm um, parallel the journey that these particular heroes were on and so I thought that was really cool and um, the, the young actors they picked for these two roles were really good too so definitely recommend that I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu now yeah so I liked how they did. Um, so, like, usually you see, I would say what they took as the first season, they made it like also origin story. Like, yeah. the, the characters are learning about their their mm-hmm. powers and how they interact with each other and can be used together and stuff. And I don't know many that have done as good a job with sort of origin story while also having like really like appropriate. I wouldn't call it villain a week, but not origin story stuff. Um, but it was really good. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. An awful lot. Most definitely. It was really good. Uh, we saw a couple movies. We saw Blind Spotting, which is set in Oakland. Um, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. And I don't, I, there was something, I don't know what left me wanting more with that well, movie. I, was talking I can't remember. About, I was talking about it, about what, if I had a critique for it. And I feel like it almost felt like there was, there, there's a fight that's a, a crux in the, in the movie um, that takes place before you actually start you know, as a, as if you were watching these characters. Um, and so it's shown in, in flashback, but I almost feel like there wasn't enough context for that. And it felt very like, I don't know, we had, we had been introduced to this character in a specific way. And then this thing felt so out of character. And it was like, were we supposed to believe they had changed? Were we supposed to believe? I don't know what we we're supposed to believe. And so that, if I had to say something that was a little bit off about it to me, it was just that. Also, it was kind of like, I don't know. Hamilton in Oakland. I don't know. I, the, the rap. Yeah. There was you know, a, rapping a little... to, to move the story forward kind of gimmick was, I don't know. I just, it's a gimmick in my opinion. So yeah, that's it. Uh, you'd mentioned that the two uh, protagonists are actually friends. Yeah. And David Diggs the... and Raphael um, Casal. They're like really good friends in real life. They're best friends. I think life. that comes off. You can kind of. Yeah. And they wrote the movie together. So yeah. So anyways, that's, that's what happened. Yeah, we... I guess you, uh... You'd have to be writing that ridiculous character for yourself. I guess. Raphael, that is. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then we saw Black Klansman yesterday, which I actually won't be talking about here, but um, it's out. <laughs> you planning on talking on it for some other? I don't know. I, I, I doubt it, actually. I doubt I'll be talking about it at all. I don't feel like arguing with people, so I'm just going to keep my thoughts to myself. And And I saw it, so... There you go, Spike. You got my money. Uh, streaming, we watched uh, Too Funny to Fail about the Dana Carvey show's uh, seven episode <laughs> shenanigans. It actually was a really funny That's documentary. That's a good documentary. Um, I liked it a lot. I never saw the Dana Carvey show, so it wasn't anything that appeal- like I knew about yeah, before. Wh- when I told but you, them I, talking about it was really funny. You asked me. I was like, I was like, it really, it didn't even get a full season. Yeah. It got like cut off, I think like. I think I said seven or eight episodes. It was seven episodes. They never aired. They they filmed an eighth, but it never Never got aired. aired. They aired a special episode of Coach instead. So there's that. Uh, (laughs) A special episode. Dauber. 
Dauber. Uh And we have been watching uh, Castle Rock, which is on Hulu right now, coming out once a week. Um, yep, we're caught it's up. It's set up, set in the world that Stephen King has been writing about his whole career. So there's lots of nods and references um, in the town of Castle Rock to lots of other things like Christine and Part of it takes place at Shawshank Prison and all of those kinds of things. I've been enjoying it. I think it's cast really well and it's appropriately creepy. And I think they've done a good job of kind of bringing to life this world that Steven has been writing about for so long. So I like yeah. it. Yeah, I can't. I, there's, I would say I like this or that, but I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, you know, we won't get into Well, after the season ends, we can talk more about it's it. It's been and good, though. We, I like, I'm looking forward to that on Wednesdays. And then you... What'd you put on here? Uh, Party, Party Down. Down. Oh, yeah. We just started rewatching, streaming Party Down, rewatching, a rewatch for us, which we've been really in- enjoying. Um, I love that show. It's so funny. Super um, Crackers. Super Crackers. Ken Marino. Yeah. It has so many people that are huge now. Party Down does. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All and I think some of them were quasi stars then, but now they're all big stars. Yeah. It was definitely different. Yeah. Different. I guess that's about it. I think that's it for 150th episode. This wow, is it. One- 50. Amazing. 150. Amazing. That's kind of a lot. Yes. Is that, um, when, did we, when was the first one we did? 2000 uh, and, 2000 and what? What? I don't know. I As an Ellie, maybe he knows. I think it was 2014. Yeah, maybe? something like that. You want to look it up? No? No, I'm not looking it up now. High five. <laughs>